Hey guys, welcome back. BDC Care here. We're back with season six, episode 35 of our weekly P and Q and C and A and T videos, of which the important letters are Q and A, and then also as an addendum P, and the Q and A stands for question and answer, which is pretty standard, and the P stands for uh, podcast, and as you like to say, our Patreons, our patrons on Patreon, right? Um, who have helped support us and allow us to do things like put this up on most of the major podcasting right. platforms, which you can right. access in the links in the description if you're currently on the video format, which we mention every time, does not seem to <laughs> particularly increase the number of people who listen to it on the uh, podcast right. platform, but, you know, yeah, and it's there anyways okay. if you want it. So, not that it's a big secret, the C stands for comments, T stands for talk, should be self-evident, and I do want to talk about, just to wrap up something last week, the word I was looking for when I was saying that it's something that's old, but not antique vintage that's the word that people put on stuff that is not old enough to be fan or to be valuable just because it's old but it's old enough that people who are feeling nostalgic will be willing to pay a premium and they don't want to just say old used junk they want to put a, a fancy name on it so they can feel better about charging more and that's vintage, vintage. okay that that makes sense that, yeah. that that was a good word for what you were looking for yesterday because yeah. well that makes sense because it was the word you were looking for yesterday <laughs> yes last, last episode last week not yeah sorry <laughs> i'm very tired yes uh the first oh, first day of uh school first day of school yep uh commuting so that was fun a couple yeah. hours each way yeah uh, a couple hours each sorry way. not a couple hours like an hour it was like an hour and a bit one way and then like it's uphill both ways it was like an hour it was more than an hour and a half on the way back even though it shouldn't have been just because traffic rush hour because of when i decided yeah to coming leave. up yeah yeah there's certain streets that are fault. just really bad yeah. yeah uh yeah a couple hours is inaccurate that's true our first question comes from thanos and they say hey bdckr i have a small question i have three main characters an elite six and two elite five with good gear i always play a veteran in phantom zone i want to move on and go elite difficulty can you find me an easy way for me to finish some challenges like lifesteal damage over time and drain power my other characters are weak and i don't know how to do those challenges quickly it's pretty hard for me what should i do elite or veteran and tell me the quickest way to complete the challenge and and then also, please, please leave timestamps on videos like I don't think that's vids, please, like Q and A's. That's P.S. P oh, sorry, P.S. <laughs> like uh, I said, very tired. Yeah. P.S. Please leave timestamps on videos like Q and A's. So the timing of this is kind of interesting because um, we just put up an article on Patreon about Phantom Zone and the strategy at the elite level for completing the challenges as efficiently as quickly as possible basically just wasting as little time as possible yeah so we we really have that information pretty much exactly as is up on our patreon and the idea was that this is a, a video i think that's worth making it's been bouncing around in my head for a bit and it kind of crystallized some of the ideas that i've been working with some of the principles i mean you saw it at the beginning of this video where we were swapping out the elite before you start a crystal if you swap out to a different crystal and you come back you can change all the tasks yeah it's and not you, locked in yet yeah you don't want to do it when you've already made some progress because then you lose all your progress mm -hmm. so the and it may not be obvious from what you're seeing but there's a definitely a, uh, a specific approach and one of the approaches out of your three options of lifesteal damage over time and drain power and I, I guess maybe part of it is that these are things that either are not in or are easier to do in the 
the other easier levels yeah. of the crystals. I, I should probably pay attention, but I because by the time the Phantom Zone started, we were just so far along, it didn't seem like it was worth the time to try to use up our plays on the cheaper crystals and get crappier rewards. Mm. Um, so the first point, the main point, is really drain power is not worth it. It's not even worth trying for. I believe... I don't even know if it's fixed because I just never bothered checking in after the it, we realized it was so hard. Yeah. That drain power doesn't register properly. So all those things where you think you're getting power, um, I think maybe the gears do, but it does it inconsistently at such a low level that you're basically using up a sl- like it's blocking up a slot out of the four tasks that you can do. Yeah. And what you don't want to do is waste any effort trying to do it, even if you leave a slot blocked and that's that's part of the i think what our potential video on the phantom zone based on the article will be is that sometimes it's worth just leaving the slot and not re-rolling yeah it's figuring out when it's the most efficient time to re-roll and when it's worth spending five nth metal to re-roll and probably not more than the one time um lifesteal you can see we've got our not our ideal flashpoint loadout but our ideal phantom zone flashpoint loadout oh I guess it goes without saying that you need to have guys that are uh, powerful enough. It's great that they're Elite 6 and Elite 5. Yeah. But these, I mean, certain Elite 5s are different. This Flashpoint Elite 5 is clearly different than almost any other Team Elite 5 just because the damage output is higher. Mm-hmm. And so damage over time, there's two damage over time tasks. One is the damage over time effects, which is still worth 135, which is sort of the standard uh, value out of the 1500 that you need and lifesteal uh which ideally actually is done not and it's not even i think it's health they call it health um when it's the elite level you can do that in one or two or at the most three rounds and the way we do it is with uh lexcore uh chest plate because that Somebody pointed out to us when we were using the Soul Taker Sword that the chest plate actually has a higher percentage, I think 99% chance of lifesteal. And you would normally be able to do it on any other character in one or two rounds. In fact, in the Flashpoint team, it's a little bit more difficult only because when the teammates come in, the pirate crew come in to do damage also, that damage does not count towards lifesteal. Mm. So sometimes you'll do a bunch of damage, knock them out, and it might take up to three rounds typically if you've got the multiples already like if you're into the second and third online fight with the extra bonus yeah only a couple rounds there's in my mind there's three tasks that are the best and the damage over time the one where it's a certain amount of damage over time is actually not one of the best tasks to do only because it's worth less uh points 70 points i believe towards your uh 1500 total Mm mm-hmm so the three best, I guess this is a spoiler alert, the three best, I believe, are basic attack damage, which can be done in one round, even if there's no, um, there's only the f- one bonus that you get for keeping your whole team intact. You don't even need to have uh, two online fights in a row, the extra bonus to make it worth it. And the ten online fights in a row, because you can finish that in two with the first, yeah, with basically two three two three if you get a three times bonus for finishing with your team intact and the second fight you get a two times bonus that's five one two three so you need three rounds actually sorry mm. um and, but the the advantage of that is it's worth 270 points which is twice the any other task 
Yeah. And those are the ones that you should actually try for. So when you're doing the rolls at the beginning, you want to have at least two out of the three best ones, which are 10 online fights in a row, mm-hmm. basic attack damage, mm-hmm. and uh, health, stealing health. There we go. Yeah, so if you get Dream Power, don't bother even trying. Yeah. It's just not worth it. Okay. Our next question comes from Apocalypse, and they say, What do you two think about Joker being in Mortal Kombat 11? So this is kind of funny to me, right? Yeah. I mean, we've got Scorpion in... Injustice. In Injustice. Yeah. And Scorpion, I guess, has been used in some... I, I've heard, I don't actually know, I've heard that Scorpion has been used in some... Uh, DC properties where he's appeared in a comic book. Oh, I didn't know that either. So it, it doesn't feel so out of place. And the idea of a fighting game, it, it, it actually kind of works. Yeah. Um, the problem, I think, is... I mean, and there's a long tradition in, in DC comics of crossovers, right? Yeah. So, you know, there's there were Marvel versus DC comics. They've done just, you know, the whole idea that there's certain universes that are in parallel and they bring somebody in and somebody else it feels sort of normal the, the idea of um joker in mortal yeah. kombat is, is just kind of funny to me because the i guess the mortal kombat universe doesn't feel nearly as large and so when you bring in somebody like um joker who's yeah. got a, a really a, a wholly different aesthetic where you know He's wearing a suit kind of thing. I mean, I guess they brought in Jason from the movies, like Jason Voorhees. Is it is that the guy? Uh, yeah, 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 the Friday the Thirteenth guy with the yeah. hockey mask. So even that isn't as far or as jarring. Yeah. As bringing in a guy in like a suit with makeup on, and I don't know. It just. What, what do you think? Now, to me, I I think it. You're right. He doesn't really thematically fit. And sort of in the Joker universe, right? He's not the type of dude who just beats on people. That is totally not Joker's role right, ever. Right. He's um, he's not a fighter. Yeah, he's positioned as a little bit more of a, a he's management, thinky, a thinky villain. No, but he's a management. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He organizes stuff. He's not meant to be particularly powerful by himself. It's like the thing that they did with him in the Arkham games, right? Where they made his boss fight. Um, I think it was in Arkham City or Asylum, where they made his boss fight. He just injects himself with like whatever Bane's droid well, Bane juice or whatever juice? is. I yeah. or, or I think it's something like that. I didn't actually play the game, but he it's just a big massive boss fight because there's like they can't actually just have you beat on the Joker because that right. doesn't make sense. Um, and I was I was thinking what it reminds you of most actually is Soul Calibur's weird cameos because Soul Calibur has a lot of weird cameos, and so I just googled on my phone a list of them. I just knew Yoda. Yoda right. was in Soul Calibur? Yoda was in a Soul Calibur, I think three or something. But here are the some of the cameos. I'm just gonna read the ones I know. Okay. Um Geralt of Rivia, so Witcher 3, Yoda, Kratos from God of War, Darth Vader, Star Killer, Ezio Auditore from Assassin's Creed. Uh and and there's a bunch more. Spawn was in oh, Soul Calibur, apparently. Okay. Yeah, but I guess what's common at all Link? they're they're known for fighting, right? From the Zelda series, like they're known. They are like when you're talking about a uh, player versus player kind of fighting game, right? Like a it it definitely makes a difference. Like you were saying, the Joker is not really a fighter. Yeah, and I think that's the the main thing. Like you know, I, it's less I, of a stretch in injustice because he's a character in the universe, at least. That's true, and 
despite the fact that they basically do make him just a fighter. Yeah. Yeah, but it's uh, it's interesting. So I, I, I don't think I have any issues with other characters being in fighting games in general. I think on some level it's kind of cool. In the same way that Injustice is kind of cool for having all these characters that you already know. Yeah. Where if you just if you just added people in in a weird mishmash, like I think um, Marvel versus Capcom had like Phoenix oh, Wright, Ace Attorney, or something like that. Who? Phoenix Wright. Um, the it, he's from like I, I like DS games. And he's like a he's like an attor- it's like an attorney game, an attorney game. You like a lawyer, yeah. attorney. Okay, that is wait. Just, uh, like the, you're Marvel. saying a bunch of words. Yeah, but it's, yeah. It's, Phoenix Wright was in Marvel vs. Capcom, um, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom, and like a lot of his attacks, he goes like he points at the other player, goes objection, and like he's like just throwing <laughs> papers and stuff. He's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if he's Marvel or Capcom. I didn't I didn't realize what Phoenix Wright was, but. Okay. Uh, I, I thought he was a Nintendo property. I guess that's probably not accurate if he was in that game, but, you know. I think it all amounts to just what you're used to and what you're willing to. I mean, if you're... I don't think it's a big deal either way. It, yeah. To me, it's just a, it, it's a little bit off-putting, but I don't... See, I don't yeah. even care about Mortal it's Kombat slight, enough now. It's slightly strange is what it is. Yeah. But, I yeah, I personally don't have any issues with it. I think it's sort of fun to just have, you know, random folks show up in games, yeah. and I'm willing to suspend a lot of my disbelief for these where people are just wailing on each other. It's... Yeah. It's the same thing where you can fight a team where you have an exact carbon copy of yourself, right? Where it's, like, two same universe supermen beating on each other in this, yes. right? Yes. Where, you know, I'm, I'm willing to I'm willing to suspend my disbelief uh, enough to let them do pretty much whatever they want with it as long as it's a fun fighting game. And if it's characters that you know, I think it even gives them a little bit more creative license right. to be weird with it. Yeah, it feels like Sweep's special guest stars though i guess oh, like sweeps week yeah sweeps week which used to be is this still a thing on tv no it's not still a thing on tv i just know about it because the mackerel brothers talk about it <laughs> make jokes about it uh yeah where they just have like a bunch of like weird cameos and everybody's in everybody's shows yes and it's like the, everybody takes a moment to step outside the show and just be like let's just do things that people would find entertaining <laughs> that don't make a lot of sense Oh, this is going to be a really tight fight. I do like the idea of Sweep Sweep, though, in theory, where they say, hey, we're just going to do random stuff that we think the fans will enjoy, and we're going to pretend this week didn't happen afterwards because it would make, like it would totally destroy the continuity <laughs> of every single television show. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Uh, our next question comes from Vamo Kage. Cage? Uh, Cage? Is, is it Cage or Kage? I guess it depends on what, where the root of this. V-A-M-O space K-A-G-E. Um... So these are two paired questions. Uh, the first one is, I have a doubt, and I hope you can answer. You had, like, 5 million power credits in your last video, and now you have 18 million. Did you literally farm, like, 13 million power credits over the last few days? And then, like, a... Day two, later? Day and a half later, yeah, I think. Yeah. At least a day and a half later. Yeah. Maybe two full days later. Uh, it's, it's comment from the same guy. Your last video had 18 million, and now it's 5 million. What are you guys doing with all the power credits? So, um, we're, we're not putting this question in to be like, isn't that funny, right? When you when you put these sort of next to each other, I think um, it becomes a little more obvious what's happened. What's happened, right? Yeah, I mean, we went from eighteen, we, we, we went from answers. five to eighteen to five in uh, <laughs> three consecutive videos. I mean, right? Awesome Gamer Two Four One was the one that answered it quickly both times. Um, I mean, we have different accounts. That's what the, the the thing is. Yeah, and the reason why this was worth, I think, adding to the list is it it speaks to a little bit of why this one of the reasons why it's so hard to 
maintain a channel. Yeah. And why you see so few, I think, Injustice channels now. But, I mean, there used to be way more. Mm-hmm. And people who would feel, like, you know, enthusiastically yeah. upload a bunch of videos. I think the the thing that I find interesting about it is that it shows a sort of active watching and looking at sort of the content on the screen, but right. in a very specific way. Because it shows an active watching of the credit totals, but not of our account names. Right, because the account videos. names were, were obvious in, in both. Yeah, but the credit totals were also obvious in both. And I guess that sort of makes sense, because you don't really care as much about people's account names as how much money they got, right? <laughs> What's in their pocket? Yeah. Um, so so here's the thing. I mean, it, there's it's sort of the, the same answer to a lot of questions. Like when people ask, why not put a different team as the background for your Q&A? Um, why not more gameplay videos? Why not more than just the stuff that we can do? Like our our base our baseline basically is the recap every week of what's happening, yeah, and uh, a Q and a P and Q and C and A and T video, yeah. And the reason we don't do other videos is because we're creatively bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that too, but I mean you think about it, the, just the time that we put in to play this game and to maintain separate accounts and put in enough time. I mean, if you think about all the things, if whoever's listening, if you think about all the things that you do as a player trying to um, grind uh, Phantom Zone mm-hmm. and Breakthrough and Survivor and Multiplayer mm-hmm. and uh, getting your challenge characters, we're doing all that on multiple accounts. Yeah. I mean, there, there are two of us, but it's still... I mean, it's still time. And yeah. Add all the stuff that goes into experimenting and testing stuff out. It takes a while. And not all of it is fit for a video. I got school, you got a job. It's true. Yeah, and then at the end of it, we have to come together and we have to make, I think, around an average of an hour of content every week. Yes. We don't have to. I shouldn't say oh, we have don't. to. We, we do. We, we choose to. We enjoy making an hour of content every week. But, you know, two people, hour each, right? Yeah. And that's not including the time before and after. Right, because uh, so that's why we take advantage around. of all the the actual gameplay video that we've got. Yeah. Like the, this is this is just grinding. This is just playing, try and get through Phantom Zone as quickly as possible to get the crystal and play through. And actually, that, that was one thing I wanted to point out from uh, one of our last week's things. This actually is a relatively clean account, so this has been um, the Valorum alloy total in this account is pretty much legitimate. This is what you could potentially get. Yeah. And it's almost enough now for a second metal character to be completely maxed out mm-hmm. in terms of whatever the Valorum alloy stuff that costs. Yeah. So I guess we're getting close to time where you can no longer look at a metal team and say, that's definitely uh, a cheat because they've maxed out their passive and their specials mm-hmm. because it'll be possible to do it legitimately. We're gonna we're having enough Phantom Zone events consistently that uh, it, we're there. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. And I actually have a couple of uh, recommendations I want to make right here. Okay. Uh, it, this is I'm going to do something that I don't normally do, and I'm going to recommend a book that I haven't read uh, but I have heard about uh, from a couple sources so uh and these these recommendations are all bundled together so the book that i'm recommending is the book because internet by gretchen mccullough oh i want to get that i want to get that so i'm 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 talking about it maybe i should say not a recommendation i should say i'm personally excited about it and i am very confident that it's going to be good um i've heard lots of good things about it too she was really cool on the panel yeah we we heard her talk about it um probably like nine no no like 11 months ago at this point yeah 
at, at last scintillation. So my secondary recommendation is scintillation 2 is coming up. If people are going to be free over Canadian Thanksgiving, October 11th to 13th, I think, uh, and have $80 in a way to get to Montreal, and then also enough for a hotel room and uh, food while you're there, uh, it was a really, really fun time. It was super interesting, and it was a great place uh, as far as, you know, conventions right. go. Officially, it's the second scintillation coming yeah. up, but unofficially, uh, Joe Walton has been sort of the figurehead behind a convention in Montreal around that time for a few years um, before that yeah. she used to call the Farthing Party. Yeah, so that's that's two of my recommendations. And my third recommendation is Tom Scott, uh, mm. a YouTuber, and his YouTube channel, uh, he's... I, I think he is, like, a linguist... I'm not 100% sure. I, th I think he has a d degree or some formal education in linguistics, uh, but I'm, I'm not 100% sure on that. The point is that a while ago, he released a series of linguistic-based videos that I found really interesting, and yeah. was actually how I found him. Uh, he does a lot of other uh, really interesting stuff, but he's recently released a new uh, sort of short run of them, and he might okay. be continuing to, because I think he's put out like two or three videos okay. um, linguistics-based at this time. Co-written by Gretchen. And oh. that's uh, sort of another thing that's reminded me. Scintillation okay. is coming up, the book right. is out, and you know what? Uh, I'm watching videos that I, are co-written by her. I should probably put in an order for that. Yeah, we, um, we probably should, because it seems like it would be a really interesting read. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, definitely so that's both of us. All right. That's a set of three recommendations. A book, uh, which you will have to purchase, a YouTuber who you can watch for free, and a convention, <laughs> which has a pretty significant barrier to entry, and I doubt anybody will actually uh, be going to based off of our recommendation here but there we go Pretty cool if you did just a couple um, things so the so i got a recommendation i'm gonna do it later hopefully we'll have some time at the end of it but what maybe we'll start this next thing is a, a thread from reddit mm. and it's sort of two it's a conversation between a few people but we'll stick to the two people involved and maybe we can each take a part in this okay we'll re this is this is Which a dramatic reenactment okay um <laughs> I'll be the anti-us sentiment. You can start. Oh, okay. Um, no, this is... The the question is actually sort of the anti-us. Oh, yeah, okay, sorry. I'll start. Uh, got my new favorite team. Just finished my new record at an ultimate battle. Two minutes. And okay. That's the post title. That's Casper the Benzo Ghost. Um, and then Devlin16, who is pretty active on the Reddit... Uh, or the subreddit for Injustice. Um, and we know he's watched it because his response was... Or Devlin is a... Male name? I'm not sure. Their response is. Their response. Just be okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Sorry, no I, I don't know why it just occurred to me. <laughs> yeah. um, your math. No, it's, it's good that it occurred yeah. to you. Yeah, your math has to be off. You slash BDCKR has a whole video, really good video by the way. Oh, that and that's not my parenthetical statement. That was Devlin's uh, on speed running, and I think their time averages out at seven minutes for an ultimate. I have a hard time believing that. I believing that time can be cut into less than half of their faster runs. And then Casper the Benzo Ghost says. Uh, my timing isn't off. The last recent fight went to two minutes on my feed. Why the hell would I lie? Uh, Wonder Woman kills a, in a team in 10 to 12 seconds. I don't care about what those YouTubers think. I'll record one. And then there's another comment. They suck. And then there's a link to the video. It was 10 seconds late because I got greedy at the last fight and didn't wait for them to open up for a hit. It's almost always under three minutes. You get me, though. Yeah, so apparently we suck. Um, but that that's sort of besides the point. Because this is... To me, this is conversation this conversation is a, a good illustration of why it's so difficult um when you talk about stuff 
online. Oh, and th this is to totally tangential, but why gri the grip board, which is a strength training board for hand strength, is so good because they always, you cannot make a world class claim without video proof. Mm. Because, all right, so you'll notice that from the title, it starts off as finishing an ultimate battle in two minutes. Yeah. Then it becomes. Um, from the video, if you watch the video. Yeah, if you watch the video, it becomes an epic fight in two minutes because it wasn't seven fights, it was actually only five. Also, it was, you know, 10 seconds late. It was a little late, right? So well, and saying 10 seconds late, it's because it, the, the fight was more than three minutes. So it was three minutes and eight seconds. Yeah. So basically, um, it starts off ultimate in two minutes, epic five fights in two minutes, and then epic in almost always under three minutes. But they show an epic that's over three minutes. Three minutes, eight seconds. After they remove the first main loading screen, and it starts after the, you know, uh, begin, you know, the last sort yeah. of words on the screen, that's already passed. And then they start the fight, and then they cut the video as soon as the last card is knocked out, but don't, you don't see the, the final stats at the end. Yeah, so it's not like the actual full time that it takes to do a full run. And, you know, it the, the time that it's recorded at is probably, when you actually sum it up, at least three and a half minutes. Well, so here's the thing. If you use the same criteria where you're looking at the first five fights... and. Uh, the ultimate fights in terms of difficulty, first five fights I think are, are the same as an epic. Um, if you look at the ultimate run that we did, one of the ultimate runs that we did in that video where we talked about uh, doing speed runs with the Flashpoint team, yeah, it actually takes two minutes and uh, 50 seconds. Yeah, so that's, you know, th their time here is reasonable. Yeah, so it's n nothing particularly special, but, you know, it, it comes to what people say and how accurate they are yeah and how much they end up backtracking and then so yeah an ultimate in two minutes versus an extra minute and eight seconds to do two less fights right so it goes from something pretty much impossible to do which is a ultimate you know and we're talking five thousand battle points right an ultimate battle in two minutes yeah which is undoable to an epic battle in two minutes which is maybe undoable but definitely really hard yeah to an epic battle in less than three which doesn't always round down to two yeah that's math math spoiler alert um so which is totally within the wrong possibility because we've seen it we've got video evidence that that kind of uh speed is possible yeah um so when people are asking us for health like or help i was gonna say health for help with uh, troubleshooting where they have difficulty with the game right yeah. it's not only that but on top of that we don't know what else they've done to their game. Mm -hmm. So, and it's not people's fault. Sometimes you just don't really have a sense of what's important. So when they say, this is the only thing I've ever done, sometimes it's um, true, sometimes it's not. And being able to tell the difference makes it that much harder to figure out what the solution is when somebody's having problems. Yeah. So that's why it was an interesting kind of discussion because it illustrates the point completely. It's not to to dig on them, even though you know they think we suck, because you know we don't. Just in case you were wondering, we don't suck. We we don't suck. I wasn't sure about that. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a matter of personal opinion. Yeah. More than anything else, I don't know if we can say any definitive. <laughs> There's no objective criteria for suckage or not. I, I think we're okay. I think we're okay. I mean, if I, I, think we're I okay, guess we're that really is up this. for the listeners to decide more than us. I don't think we get to say if we suck or not. <laughs> hey, we got some time. All right, so I don't know if... Um, I mean, there's uh, a thing from Twitter. that Maybe I'll get to that later, but we got some time. I want to... Because I just finished this book, 
I wanted to make some comments while it was fresh in my mind, but not so fresh that I was incoherent about it like I was last week when I mentioned that I was in the middle of reading it. Yeah. So uh, Fonda Lee wrote a couple books in a series. The first one was Jade City. It came out a year and a half ago, I want to say, two years. Yeah. It won the World Fantasy Award for Best Novel. And the sequel, Jade War, came out recently in the last couple months. And it was amazing. I want to... And you know how last week I, when I talked about book recommendations and how it's very subjective. Yeah. And you got to be careful about making sure you recommend the right book to the right person because otherwise, not only will they not enjoy themselves, but then they won't trust your um, recommendations mm-hmm. or your taste. Yeah. And so you have to have an idea of what they like to read. This one doesn't matter. This one, I think, will have broad appeal. And especially with this audience which is Injustice, which is a collecting and fighting game, the fight scenes are spectacular. Mm. All right, so I probably should give some context, and I'm going to screw this up a little bit, because remember how I say that when I read a book, I'm I'm not great on details, but I'm pretty good on remembering how I feel about it. Yeah. (laughs) You just finished this, so that's going to really test that. Okay, so the conceit is it's an alternate reality, it feels like it's in present times with some minor changes, but there's the big thing is there's something called bioenergetic jade. So jade is that green stone, right? Yeah. But this bioenergetic jade can give you amazing powers and basically enhanced abilities, like for that are great for um, hand-to-hand combat. Okay, so it's it's like reverse kryptonite. Yes. Well, yeah, perfect. It's a green. So, so you can have strengths where you just—that's obvious. You're just stronger. Yeah. You, you can steal, making parts of your body really hard for defensive purposes, like somebody attacking you. You steal yourself. Um, you can channel, which it feels like I'm not exactly sure, but it has something to do with um, the flow of energies in your body, and they can use that to kill people. That's fun. And and heal. Um, there's light, which you can make yourself really um, light. And you can so you like can jump really, yeah so you can jump really high, um, really far. You there's perception so you can really tell what's going on. You can like hear somebody's heartbeat just pick up, or I guess that you, they were uh, noticing when somebody's blood pressure was going up too. Huh, interesting. You know what I think is fun about abilities like light? What uh, the uh, the fact that I think when if you're light. I think when we when we think of the that being used to ma- make people jump higher in like media, yeah, we tend to just think of them springing up and flying into the sky. But I like to imagine whenever people have that powers, it's like people being on the moon essentially, right? You would oh. be, you'd move in the same way because that's what actually being light does to your body. Yeah, it would be if you had no control of it's constant, but because yeah. you're actually consciously affecting it, you can do it in a way so that you go up, but then you have enough heaviness i mean your mass is supposed to not change right your heaviness to come back down yeah. so you, you i just say that. that's how i like to read it whenever yeah. i whenever somebody just tries to light and spring it around i imagine right because like they're slow they're jumping like hopping around, around. Yeah, yeah yeah that's funny um and i one thing uh this is another recommendation the boys was really good oh and i'm almost done that no spoilers please. no i'm not gonna spoil anything i'm gonna say there's one very specific scene uh in which somebody is asking a character to do something which is totally consistent with what a superhero with their powers does in tons of other media mm-hmm. and there's a really quick 
back and forth because it's sort of uh it's a set it's a situation that necessitates a superhero so it's an emergency situation right. because there's a really quick snappy back and forth about why the physics on that totally oh, don't work you i know think i know what you're talking about, about right? yes i'm not gonna say anything because it's a total spoiler i will just say that it is with homelander and mave is this yes scene? i know that scene yeah okay, I know okay. Exactly and it, and it's super it is super super good it is a wonderful wonderful scene and i think the way that it's really quick it's really snappy they don't make it a boring like discussion of the physics it's not like some super nerdy thing right, right. but they they're talking and well they're these like, are people talking with the experience so yeah. they, they may not understand they don't even have to understand the physics behind it but because they've got the experience of doing it yeah then it yeah there's something yeah, I, i'm really enjoying the book but it was it was the moment that they started talking about it and she suggested it and i was like oh he could totally do that and then he explained all the reasons why he couldn't and it yes. didn't make sense yes and i'm like oh he's right he's a hundred percent right it yes. makes intuitive sense it's just the sort of it's the expectations yeah the, it's, the tropes that we have that we know about superheroes and what they do and yeah, how they do it yeah, it's the lens that we view superheroes through makes us totally not question it and that was that was such a like in a show full of really really good scenes obviously yeah. it's super inappropriate they're you know content warning obviously it's nothing like our content right uh, as far as family friendliness goes it's pretty much as far the off the direction as you can get without being i think like purposely disgusting right um but it that scene was like just really snappy and really quick in such good writing and character development and everything and it just really exemplified like all my favorite parts of the show i think so i should that, like all right, so I should point out second exchange. The, the writer of that, of the original comic book, was Garth Ennis. After I started watching it, I and you, somebody, whether it was you or maybe it was me, that told me that it was based on a comic book originally, yeah. I looked up who did the original. <coughs> I gotta tell you, I'm not surprised Garth Ennis did it. He was also responsible for Preacher. Yeah. Um, and Seth Rogen <coughs> has adapted both of them as like a producer. Yeah, so that's kind of cool, actually. It, yeah, no, but... So go the, go the, Canada. The boys is stellar. Okay. It's really, right. really good. How did we get... All right, so I should probably get back to... I don't, I don't think I made my... You were talking about jump. Point. You are talking about the ability... Oh, light. light. Yes, and yes. Yeah, I was. I went off on a tangent about how the right. boys addresses powers right. really right. realistically, right. too. Um, so the idea of this, this bioenergetic jade is that you... If you're not trained to use it, that you have the uh, mental discipline and the practice using it, uh, it can drive you crazy. So in, in some ways, it's like a drug so that... Um, not only can it overwhelm me when you're taking it, but you can go into really huge withdrawal when it gets, gets taken away from you. So not everybody, um, so not everybody has it. It's something very valuable. The people who have a lot of jade and and also the ability to use it are called green bones, and they're organized into clans. And most of what they do isn't explicitly criminal, but the clans exert power in everyday life, just like. Um, sort of in parallel with politicians in that world. Mm -hmm. uh, so, And it's very much like organized crime families. Mm -hmm. And the, I don't know if you remember last week when I started talking about that, what, trying to explain what it was about, that one of the things I, I started saying it was about crime, and then I thought about it, I had to take it back and say, ooh, it doesn't feel exactly right to say that. Yeah. But then as I look back on it, it is very much like crime families because, you know, they're, they have their hand in um, criminal activities. That's where they make some of their money. But it's yeah. not all of it because they still do other things like criminals can't be yeah. criminals all day all the time and if you have job. a bunch of jade you're still part of like the social elite so it still is like a yes it's all tied in yes um so what i wanted to point out that i think our audience for injustice will really enjoy there are some really spectacular fight scenes and i think so 
anytime I'm, I'm reading something that I like, I, I like to learn more about it. So apparently the author, Fonda Lee, is, has a black belt in one of the martial arts. And Ooh. you really get a sense of this, that this is somebody who knows how fights go because it just feels really... Like, they're believable. Like, yeah. they're not... So the author both has good writing chops and good experience with martial arts. And when yes. you put those together, it makes a really believable fight experience. And so this is... I, I hate to put down something else to explain why this is so good so I'm going to maybe not do it like I ended up doing it maybe inadvertently last week but it's not just the fight scenes on top of that because I mean you could have just a fight scene it doesn't really hold a, uh, hold a book together yeah. but there's lots of intrigue and sort of higher level scheming where we're talking about um, geopolitical forces like small region large region kind of conflicts and but there's also conflict at a really personal level that has an impact on the world stage and it's really like there's just so much going on it's really interesting there's a lot of tension yeah and it, at every single level like, there's so much going on yeah and i just could not as much as i have other responsibilities to the extent that my life lets me i basically used up all my like Free time? Free time reading this. And I am so sad it's over. I can't wait till the next book comes out. And I can't say enough about it. I think if if anybody who's watching this video likes to read, you need to do yourself a favor. Read Jade City. Mm. And count yourself lucky that you didn't have to wait for Jade War to come come out and then feel really sad when you realize that the next book probably isn't coming out for at least another year and that's how i felt about name of the wind and wise man's fear waiting for book three <laughs> yes and that that wait is still not over but i, I bet it's going to be totally worth it when it comes out at this point i don't it doesn't even need to be totally worth it i think patrick Rothfuss has done a lot of really cool stuff i'm just sort of happy for the world for have, having him reach the level of success that he has um, oh. enough that it doesn't even really matter if book three comes out yeah and i mean there's gonna be i'm i'm still looking forward to all the other stuff that's coming out right because there's gonna yeah. be i think there's gonna be a tv show that lin-manuel miranda is working on doing like the music a, for yeah uh, like a prequel for it right i'm not sure what the tv show is either way and so is, are they gonna adapt the king killer chronicles into a movie or a tv show i think it's both okay the understanding that i had is that lionsgate uh is optioning it for movie and TV show at the same time, and then also potentially a game. Nice. I think it's supposed to be a set of all three. That that'll be exciting if and when those media properties start to come out. And I'm assuming, because you know, Linman while Miranda's attached, that that seems like a thing that they're actually planning on, like definitely putting out at some point. Okay, this has got me thinking. Right, the fact that I, we we sort of threw it out there. We're watching the boys. That's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. And we've been watching other stuff which is on Netflix. We've got both yeah. now. And it strikes me that what's happening now is because it's all getting so fragmented. Now Disney, is it Disney Plus is coming out? And they're going to be taking all their uh, Marvel and Disney movies away yeah. from uh, Netflix. That it, This is basically like a decentralized kind of cable service. It's cable to Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> electric Boogaloo. That was, I remember when that came out and I thought, Damn. Those guys are so cool. I would love to learn how to break dance. 
I don't know what the original is. I divorced from the context of the meme. What is the what's the original Electric Boogaloo? I don't know even know if there was one. I remember seeing, I remember seeing the movie. I honestly I don't Wait, even is remember. Electric Boogaloo a movie? Yeah. Okay. Or at least two was a movie. I don't know if one was, but yeah, two was definitely a movie. And I thought that was just like the way they could move and the stuff they were doing. It was athletic and it was great like it's it's the same that the same kind of um respect i have for anybody who does just really physical things that take a lot of dedication and training to achieve that looks really spectacular oh, okay so it's break into electric boogaloo and it's a joke because uh was there breaking one i don't know but it got mediocre reviews, and now it's a joke thing that you append to something that you think is mediocre. It w- Honestly, it wasn't. I mean, clearly I'm a kid. I mean, it's the same idea that I think Joe Walton says, right? When you go back to something that you enjoyed as a kid, and in this case I'm not going to go back, is that the suck fairy gets to it. Mm-hmm. And so something that really was meaningful to you when you are a child, and over the years, I mean, it's, it's sort of the, the joke really is, it's not the suck fairy got to it, is that you've changed enough, yeah. so you have a different appreciation for appreciation for stuff so that maybe when you're younger when i was younger i wasn't as sophisticated and i appreciated different things and now maybe my tastes have evolved a bit yeah so i i (laughs) i I feel like i feel like anything any um media content that is based primarily on dance as its core now is i think pretty open season to be mocked (laughs) i guess so like, I think for musicals are a little protected, even if they're cheesy. But, um, you know, I'm trying to think of the depiction of that in pop culture. And, like, the sort of plays that people would go to where it was primarily dance-based. Like, the, uh, like Stomp, right? Stomp got um, right. mocked by Bob's Burgers. Oh, did for, it? Like, the clap, right? Where Bob, there was some, like, clap-based, like, patty cake or whatever. Oh, it was cake instead of Stomp. Oh. <laughs> where there's a whole thing where Bob really ends up loving the performance and i think maybe that's the the kind of thing that happens when something i mean if it didn't get popular that wouldn't happen yeah like if it didn't reach some reach some sort of um if there wasn't some level of cultural awareness if it wasn't sort of zeitgeist adjacent yes that's exactly those are not the words i was thinking of but you've got the point exactly yeah so because it becomes such a big thing that people become aware of then it it's it's easier to make a joke about it only because more people will get it and then yeah. th- that kind of that not self-referential but that kind of allusion to other things is less likely to be lost yes yeah that's true because those jokes tend to not work particularly well uh, by themselves I think the mark of a good joke like that is when it does actually stand on its own yeah. and I think uh, in the Bob's Burgers example it totally does stand on its own or right. you don't need to know about Stomp. It's just sort right. of a funny concept in and of itself because it's developed. It's not the joke isn't the reference. The reference is part of the joke. Right. It's a component of the joke that enhances it if you know the reference. Right. Yeah. Oh, I do, do want to mention one other thing that I really liked about the the Greenbone Saga. Ooh. Okay. And, which is actually you know, and the more I say it, the more fu- the more funny it sounds. Um, but the uh what. Clearly, it's it's Asian inspired. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff that because it's an alternate world, the countries are not the same. But in my mind, there's clearly analogs to places in Asia where this stuff is happening. Yeah. And I think what what's funny to me is that 
even though it's not specifically, you don't say Chinese or Filipino or Japanese or Korean or whatever, that it feels so real and it feels more accurate uh, depicting that than some places that actually specifically are yeah. supposed to be from Asia. And I like that it's good too because when you <coughs> when you make it sort of analogs instead of explicit, right, mm -hmm. um, you also sort of it's harder when you have all the baggage of an actual real culture right. when you're depicting them. Because you have to get it right or somebody's going to be peeved. Well, not even you ha You should get it right. Yeah. It's not because somebody's going to be peeved. It's because these are, you know, y y people's cultures, right? Um, and, and it's to some extent important to get it right as much as you're trying to say it is correct, right? That's true. I think the more you're trying to uh, put forward the idea that this is how things are, right? Right. Uh, and this is like what each culture is like, or at least the microcosm, right? Whatever you're showing is supposed to be accurate and true to the culture, right? right? You're going to be altering people's perceptions of it who read your book, right? right? When you try to make that claim, when you make it sort of an analog, uh, the further you stray from it, I think people would be like, yeah, well, I mean, it's not supposed to be literal, right? It's supposed right. to be sort of inspired. It's an aesthetic choice. And there's, there's some crossover, but wherever you deviate from, it doesn't matter as much. And right. to do that, but then get it right anyways, just because you're, yeah. you know, so knowledgeable enough is yeah. I think really cool. And that's just a sign of great world building. Like everything there in it, like there's just layers and layers. It's not just, just set dressing and for show there feels like there's a fundamental, um, difference, not enough to alienate you, but a fundamental difference in attitude towards certain things that is because it's so consistent yeah. that it it really submerges you in what feels like real culture. Mm. And I, I'm going to point out one thing, and I, I know part of it might just be because I like the book so much that I'm willing to make allowances, but what's funny to me is that usually when there's a, a, a detail that's jarring, yeah, often it'll take me out of a story. Fair enough. So in this case, what was... But in this case, it does the opposite. There's so when... In this world... You know, jade is amazing. Yeah. They're called green bones. Green is like a, a, a good adjective. Like in our world, yeah. when somebody's green, they're a noob. Yeah. In this world, they're when you're fresh. green... Yeah, they're fresh. <laughs> in this world, when you're green, you are powerful. You are influential. You have status. Ooh. And so instead of pulling me out of the story, it reinforced to me... Like, I... Every time I heard it, I had that expectation, and it brought it back to me how I was in this different world. And instead of pulling me out, it pushed me deeper in each time to think, okay, so this is where I am right now. It was just a little reminder. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Oh, and looks like we're out of time. Perfect timing. So just to finish up, we'd like to give a huge thank you to all the people who have decided to support us on Patreon. So a huge thanks to Console Peasant, who is supporting us at the highest tier, Last Word, John Oriema at the Your Message Cheer Tier, Sean Farrell, Daniel Simonson, Aaron Mall, and Michael DeVries, who support us on the credited level, and Eddie G and Chris Wolf at the Gratitude Tier. Thanks so much for your support, and thanks so much to all of you for watching, listening, or otherwise consuming our content. I don't know how else you'd be getting it mm. uh, into your brain, but thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Komoda! Komoda.